and welcome to Space Chats. This week I'm with Bobak Champion, who will be bringing his show I'm Islamic, Don't Panic to the Space later this month. Hello Bobak. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So we normally talk about what theatre making means to you or how you define theatre making. I'm aware that you are a dance artist. So would you like to first of all introduce yourself and what kind of dance and theatre that you make? Yes, so I'm Bobak Champion and yeah, as, as you quite rightly point out, I've got a dance and movement background. I started, I saw... Don't know, it depends on the age of the audience listening to this, but I saw, uh, uh, the, I guess, my journey through dance and movement started when I saw a video um, on a show called Top of the Pops, um, which used to play before charts were, were kind of streamed. It was to do with CD sales, I guess. And there was a show called Top of the Pops, and on that I saw a video of uh, hip-hop artist Run DMC and Jason Nevins, and it was kind of shot in this warehouse, and there were people dancing moves kind of that I'd never really seen before, and I was really excited to see that, and... Uh, Thought, yeah, I'd like to do that. And kind of, I kind of tried my best to find other dancers doing that kind of thing in Bristol when I was in my teens. And um, yeah, it's been an exciting journey, onward and upward journey from there, really. And I ended up studying at the Northern School of Contemporary Dance in Leeds. And then from there, I've had a really uh, blessed to have a, a really varied career, kind of facilitating in anything from old people's homes, prisons, young offenders institutes, working for youth service, delivering GCSE dance, going as a guest lecturer, and also performing with various companies, doing professional work, and also being involved in big community kind of projects as well. So just the whole spectrum. But in the large part, that was, and I graduated from Northern School in 2004. And in the large part, that's been mainly for other choreographers and organisations and institutes, which has been great. But then about three or four years ago now, I started to kind of make my own work and try and get that out there. I'm feeling awful that Top of the Pops is like a, a very old reference. I'm going like, oh no, everyone. Yeah, oh, no, I don't course, know. No, Does everyone know about it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Does that, <laughs> does yeah. that ring a bell? Poss- for possibly or? not. I can't remember when it finished, but yeah. Yeah. So forgive me if this is a stupid question because I don't know a huge amount about dance training specifically. Yeah. But within that, was that more looking at choreography as well as the actual dancing yourself? Like, was there telling stories? Um, yes. That? Well, there was some. Yeah, there was. Certain, and, and you get to typically, I don't know how it is, but when I was at the, the main conservatoires, they offer a, a technical training in the morning, for instance, contemporary and ballet class or mixture. And then in the afternoon, you'll have different electives that you can choose from. And I, and I did um, show interest in choreography and choose to do some student choreography there as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it started there in some respects. So you're working as a dancer, but at some point you decided, right, theatre, spoken word, more what you wanted to go into as well. I didn't decide, I don't know, I didn't actually decide that as a conscious choice. So even though that's, yeah, where I, I guess I, I am now. And it's interesting, I think um, the audience, you know, you make work and see see what people like to call it or how they react and things. I think so far with this work um, recently, a lot of the dancers have come in and said, "Oh, wow, you made a you made a theatre piece." And then a lot of the theatre makers have come in and said, "Oh, that's really physical and dancey." So that's quite interesting. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't a like necessarily a conscious decision. The kind of spark that got me into making my own work was just seeing the rise of. So just to uh, put it in context, my mum was born in Iran. Um, I was lucky enough to have trips there. Some when I was a toddler or very young baby, and I didn't didn't really remember those so much. And then for a long while, I think my 
family were a little bit hesitant with things going on in the media and I don't know just a bit worried and we we kind of like tentatively took a couple of holidays to Turkey but then I think my my because it's my mum that's Iranian my dad was born in Scotland then I think there was a decision right now come on let's just have a big family trip to to Iran when I was say 15 16 and um that really was really quite formative so so you know some people just get the either don't know anything about Iran at all or perhaps just see a certain narrative in the media that's often quite scary or attached to violence or um things like that so but I was lucky enough to have a personal experience that was very formative to me that that, that I experienced um just a lot of love and an overwhelming sense of, of welcome really not just from family but from people I was meeting on the streets and we traveling around a little bit as well so um so kind of having that in mind I was I've been you know on that journey kind of in, enjoying my career and not thinking too much about that but then as the rise of, for instance, Donald Trump and and things like that, and the Muslim ban, and then that had travel implications on me, not just going to Iran but to America and, and all sorts, and just seeing how, yeah, things were unfolding, and and, and the far right seemed to have taken this trajectory of like, you know, very much targeting Muslims basically and people from the Middle East. So that just that unease started to kind of influence my thoughts and, and just I just started to feel that more and more gradually as the years went by so I think that's what influenced me three or four years ago to say right why don't I start making some of my own work again and why not like start to ask myself some of these questions and yeah so that was the strong impetus that I needed and I think some of us that have experienced things like that we go through the angry phase we go through the depressed phase but I kind of like thankfully got through that and got to a point where I'm like hey actually this is what the art's for this is what the dance is for like so yeah I, you know I had the idea the kind of topic I wanted to do and could I make a, 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 an audience kind of that Riz Ahmed I'm a big fan of him I don't know if you've heard of him he talks about um rearranging furniture in people's minds and um, so I had this like which I think is a really nice phrase like when because for a lot of people if they hear Islam or they hear Middle East or they hear Iran you know if I'm teaching in a school going in as a guest artist you know sometimes that just really freaks people out or you see a visible kind of like I don't know gets a reaction so I just wondering like okay could I make a show where it's the opposite reaction could you know for me these things mean like love and welcome and have all sorts of connotations that aren't negative that are positive so I was just like how could I make a show which yeah might might generate a different reaction to people and I'm not saying everything's perfect uh well as we can probably see in the, in the media at the moment but you know to, to just not have a such a one-sided narrative or, or obvious narrative you know try and show some different shades of experience in Iran and things and uh so yeah I just went into the studio with that question um but not I wasn't dead set on like I would have to do it through one particular thing and I, I like to challenge myself as well so hence why um you mentioned earlier you know as a dance artist or how, why words or writing or spoken words and I think al- alongside that I've always loved going to see even though I'm dance trained I've kind of I tend to see more music and theatre then I go and see dance, to be honest. Even then, there's two artists who who, are, who I really love and who are peers as well. And I think that makes a difference. It's one thing, thing going to see someone that's come from another country or someone that's touring you don't know and go and see their show. And that's great. But when you see actually people that you know and they've stepped up and created something, that that I feel was was quite moving to see. And that was um Andy Brooks' Testament, who's a really excellent, uh, again, Leeds-based artist. Who, so I, I highly recommend you follow him. Uh, he's doing a lot on the BBC. He's got two radio plays on BBC at the moment. He's a um, beatboxer and rapper. That's originally, I saw him 
for years in Leeds and now he's an incredible playwright as well he's just done a production of Office in the record shop so seeing his production specifically of Woke a one-man show and how he used words and hip-hop coming together to, to tell a story was really influential so and yeah he uses a lot of words as well Akeem Buck who tells story he uses a lot of contemporary dance, but he's speaking almost the whole time he's moving as well. So again, see those two artists who I know just was like, oh, wow, you know. And clowning as well is part of your show. Clowning. Again, yes. Yeah. Again, not a conscious choice. Um, but I think fun and laughter, there's definitely space for that. I just think in these times with these this deep subject um, that's quite horrific in some respects, actually really smiling and laughter and the improvisational element I think is really important as well clowning is so good for that it just means that no show is ever going to be exactly the same so whichever audience comes in whoever's up for it you can really um, milk that and it but the, the thing that I found hard and when we when I say clowning you know what is clowning you know in some respects Boris Johnson Trump you know in some ways that, that you could you could argue they're clowns so you know, don't 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 come to the show expecting to see a big red nose or something like that and big shoes. But um, I think it really lends itself well to improvisation, comedy. Keeps me on my toes. Certainly, it's a bit harder to rehearse, like perhaps than a dance choreography, because it's very dependent on who's in front of you. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I was going to ask is, how do you find the experience of being so personal? directly with an audience sort of looking looking in someone's eyes and, and doing a very personal yeah I, I find it hard to tell you the truth but I do find it difficult yeah even as you say um you know just eyeballing people in that way with the characters that I'm um, playing it's hard um luckily when I realized like through lockdown I don't know the Facebook formula obviously worked its magic and up popped these like clown workout videos um which were little tasks that you could do every day and um I just thought that's really really magic and uh so I found the artist that was leading them who's a Bristol-based clown expert she she grew up in the circus and Holly Stoppit who's fantastic and she ran you know luckily I was able to bring her up with the Arts Council support to Leeds for a couple of days and actually train me so we did one day where I, I invited other artists so we could bounce off each other have that audience experience as well and then one day just with myself and her and she was able to um, kind of feed into that and give me more exercises as you say like especially looking at um, eye contact and just being comfortable with just really sitting in the fact that you're just going to be on stage and you're not going to know what's happening you know it's okay to not know yeah which is can be a bit scary at times but the payoff's good and it's yeah it's fun it's fun and and, and, and now everyone absolutely I call this character the Persian you know like Persian cat P-U-R-R um, and it just goes down in storm. Everyone absolutely loves it, young people, older people. So it was it was worth kind of sticking my neck out and just having a go at that. Yeah, I've heard of Holly. Ste- Stop it! I'm yeah. uh, I'm now wishing I'd found the videos in lockdown. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's um, yeah. yeah. So uh, going along the theme of spontaneity and a performance not being you going out on stage and not knowing completely what's going to happen. Forgive me if this is a wrong impression. The dance moments, especially when you have other dancers on with you, am I right in saying some of that's choreographed and some of it's more spontaneous? Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a giveaway, but um, there's a cameo role, and the yeah, I don't know how much it ma- matters about giving away material. We can, we can, we won't go into how they how, how <laughs> that there's, there's another know, element. Sure. There's there's, yeah, there's, there's another some... element, but. <laughs> The, yeah. But I guess there's there's a few interesting points around that really. I'm I'm happy. To, I don't mind sharing and and 
but yeah so with the other dancers so with, as a general rule in hip-hop yeah this um the when you battle or you step out it, that's yeah almost all improvised like you've got everyone's got a, you know an arsenal of material movement material but the idea is traditionally that you should be able to physically react to the person so whoever goes first and typically like if you have a choice you always go second because then you're able to formulate and react against the other person but, but the person who steps up you know in a battle if you like the person that steps up first and, and then throws something into the ring the second person you know might be able to do that movement but up it again you know make it twice as fast or do it in a different way or you know somehow mock the first person's movement by like um responding to it in that way um so that's quite exciting it's, and it's really yeah really good to see and as you say yeah it adds to that like each night being different and in fact there's different for the cameo roles and each evening there's going to be uh so Faraz Khan, Razzle Rock will be there on all three nights when, when we come to London. And on the um, the second dancer that I'll be battling against will be a different dancer on each night. So, yeah, and it, it, it will, even if they were the same dancers, it's possible that the movement would be different, but it will almost certainly be, well, it definitely will be different. But that's really interesting. And I have to say the space, so that scene... I will give this away because it's like it's been interesting. It's been an important part of my development and the space we're able to help with this. And and that was the um that scene is set in a park in Tehran. Um, it's two young Muslim Iranian lads that like that I bump into, have a dance battle with, and then continue to make friends with. And in Leeds or in Yorkshire, it's not easy to if you've got a show and you want to get two Muslim Iranian great dancers you're going to struggle basically but in London it occurred to me that I might you know it might be a possibility or I might be able to get close to that you know or, or um so I did a just a, a quite a casual shout out amongst my own network uh, people pointed me all pointing me towards particularly towards um Faraz. and so it's been amazing to have uh he's not a, he's not Iranian but he is uh he's first generation Pakistani uh British Pakistani I believe practicing Muslim amazing b-boy top of his game check it out he's on channel four he's, he's there's a really amazing documentary short documentary that channel four did on him he's a physics full-time physics teacher as well so i'm really blessed that he was able to join and yeah last uh last year when i was down i just met him really really briefly but it was just a really nice connection to have and to be able to yeah cast someone in that role who's just perhaps a bit more closer to the to, to what i experienced in iran was was amazing so i'm really appreciative of having that opportunity and making that happen I'm really excited to share the space with him again it's going to be great I'm slightly hoping that his students turn up to the performance yes yeah um... yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah 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 no he's super well loved by his um students as well and I think it's on YouTube I think it's we maybe we could um, post a link but I think it's called um rebel without a cause but I'll send you it over and if it's possible with this interview to like post that as well it's worth it's like five minutes I think or something so. yeah yeah no all good it will be in the podcast notes I have to ask uh just because I I went to the R&D of your show will there for the actual show be tea uh-huh. the sweet things or was that an R&D no I think I, I, I've done my, I, I, I've insisted that we keep that in so I'm glad you asked and uh yeah yeah, so there will so so I have like a shrine type urn type situation on stage with biscuits and things, and I, so you'll see this tea urn, um, and you will sometimes hear it in the show, I think as well, maybe every now and again, and bubble. And uh, yes, you'll be very relieved to hear that that isn't just a stage prop; that is a genuine um, thing. So that's the idea. In some venues, there'll be a Q and A, and then tea and biscuits. Others, it will just go straight into it. So that's for me. Like, it's really important that people, that when people come to a show like this, they get, I think it's a bit strange sometimes to go to a show and then just sit in the car. You know, some people come by themselves or just go straight back like that. I think 
you know, I, I'm definitely going to stick around. And even if it's like conversations with me, even like across, you know, other audience members, certainly when I did it in Leeds and Bradford, it was really nice to hear other people in the audience that didn't know each other just started chatting and other projects and other um, things have happened just off the back of that. So for me, it's really important. So yeah, if you're coming, plan to stick around for half an hour, an hour, I think, because the show's an hour, an hour long. So I'm really hoping that most like most venues like the space will then be happy. We don't have to pick, pack up immediately. We can uh, enjoy the tea and biscuits. I've, um, yeah, got, got that. On we will now. I've double checked about the tea and biscuits. Yeah, we will, yeah, shout <laughs> about that as well. Yes, um, no, do. So going back to bits and pieces you've, you've worked on before this show, although I realise it's been in development for a little while. Am I right in saying you've done shows for children with children? Um. So yes, I've done. Yeah, even um younger. So I've done. I've, I've a regular tutor at something called Saturday Superstars in Leeds, and and with that. Um, yeah, no, I really like working with young people, especially boys that have got a lot of energy that, that sometimes bounce off the walls. I was one of those that was a pain in the ass kid running around too much when I was younger. So, so I like that. I'm I'm gonna be developing um a show as well with the Lowry, which I'm really excited about. So I just uh, was chatting to them this morning. And yeah, so that the the and that's really early stages at the, at the moment. But um I kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been to a high-end shisha bar something like that where it's just like lush red colors are just and often carpets rugs cushions sitting on the floor taking your shoes off but I just wondered about you know or if you've been to a high-end bar or something I just I'm, I'm really excited to try and make something that I can take to community spaces perhaps and roll out the red carpet you know in in sometimes these dusty old community spaces that don't get some of the, the love or and and make something for families that might be the, the the Middle Eastern families might feel at home in as well, you know. So so clean place spaces nicely. Perhaps I'm going to ask the audience to take their shoes off at the door, you know, and um create a space like that. So it's early days on 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 that one, but I'm working with a really fantastic team at the Lowry. Um, so yeah, that's going to definitely be on the cards. No, that sounds amazing, and also to do a show where it's not you must sit down and watch. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Video. Like for me as well, I worked for a number of years with a company called Jabadeo and. Yeah, like it was more like for young people, it was more like we we were just opening the space and we wouldn't do anything at first with performers. We'd leave them for quite a lot of time just to like run around and have lift different balls and things. So I think I'm really keen. I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know exactly how it worked, but I'm really keen that it's a hands-on thing. It's not just sit down and watch. And, and also like the current show that I'm bringing to the space, it's like for a 12 plus audience. And I made it before I was a dad as well. So I think given that I love working with young people, given that I'm now a dad, yeah, it's going to be a good time for me to start making having an offering that's for everyone. Yeah. It. Sounds like it's going to be amazing. Cool. So we're coming towards the end of the time. So okay. I'd normally ask as a last thing, but you've kind of answered it, but I might ask it to you again, what your first ever theatrical experience was? Because kind of top of the pops, because that seems to be like your sort of yeah, yeah. cool yeah, yeah. thing. Yes, was I there... think that was like definitely a turning point, something I remember. I mean, my mum's always loved dancing. So I remember from a very young age, her just putting music on in the house and doing like she does a, a combination of kind of Iranian folk dance and um, her own thing. And also my dad worked for an organisation called Bath Festival as well. So I went to go and see a lot of uh, music when I was young as well. He managed to get us free tickets. That was great. And so those were those were formative things, I think. And I guess the last thing to mention before we end this interview, I think it kind of there's, you know, the ongoing situation in Iran, the protests and the, and the really brave people who are out there on the streets think it's, you know, can't really skip the fact that that's happening or just acknowledge uh you know we're we're in second week of november now you know 50 odd days into this protest so 
um yeah i just want to acknowledge every, all, all, all the people that are just doing their thing out there and and and, and equally everyone in diaspora i just want to make sure you know that we stay strong and look after ourselves at the same time because it's quite kind of hard sometimes absorbing everything that's going on in our phones so yeah i just want to wish wish everyone well you know hope we get the freedom they deserve carry on being brave it's amazing what what people are doing it's a really good time to look at the art as well and, and see what artists are producing out there as well in, form, in terms of protest yeah and this show was made before that all started happening and so that's raised a load of questions for me in terms of everything really marketing content aesthetics the whole lot so I think my feeling at the moment is that I won't change the show itself too much. I am going to like probably bolt on something to the end of it. And I produce some lovely stickers as well that people can go home with and look great on the back of a laptop or a lamppost or whatever. I can legally allow to say that you want to do with those stickers. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know if there's any other questions. And I don't know whether that makes, I don't know how it affects. It'll be interesting. People, you know, I'm all, I'm all open to... Yeah, just different conversations and how to make things forward and how to try and stay unified in our response. As a very, as a very quick final, final question, although I appreciate the show's coming up very quickly uh, mm. here, but is it something that you, in light of the changing situation, that you want to factor into the show in a more, to run all the way through it for a later incarnation of the show? or? Yeah, I mean, it's changing so fast and I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know yet. It's just it's very open. That those questions are quite open. Yeah, and it, and also it will be then because some of the elements of the show as it was before got tested on an audience in Leeds and in Bradford, but then these new things will just be tested um, in Sheffield first of all and in London. So I guess I will probably the answer to that is let's see what London brings and what the conversation brings, and then uh, I'll definitely review things over Christmas and the New Year, and then 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 I have, luckily I'm there's quite a good chance to like take stock and see if more or less needs to change or be interesting to see what questions come up and yeah well you've got that also as a response from the audience by you know opening up that space at the end so yeah yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm i'm there i'm just i want to talk about it talk about it and i feel like um also another thing possibility yeah i've just i've noticed a lot of people obviously we have it easy from the outside watching in Haraji. it's a word for like gringo or whatever but I still feel like as well as the protests and getting out there and being angry and being vocal and drawing attention, there's like a lot of people that I speak to just have suddenly, and pe- these are people that who, who are like really generally reliable, you know, that are like rocks most of the time and starting to crumble like a little bit now and again. And just, it's all getting quite difficult. So I think they're just, we just need to like create spaces for um, healing and reflecting as well. Can't just all be protests and watching this horrific stuff and being angry. There needs to... Yeah, we just need to think about. Uh, yeah, I don't want to sound too cliche, or whatever. I don't know. Well, I can't. I can't exactly put it into words. But there needs to be like some holistic events, or yeah, just like try and because we're not going to be any good to anyone if we're like uh, struggling ourselves. So do you know what I mean, just uh, uh, in order to stay strong and keep fighting a good fight, like where's the time to recharge as well? So I think just like I mean, I'm interested in speaking to people, anyone else that wants to speak about like achieving that balance and things like that but again it's always a good time to 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 um dig into your art folks whether that's free writing singing dancing whatever it is definitely recommend that that's helped me thank you very much for having this chat today i'm just going to uh, remind everyone that i'm islamic don't panic will be at the space from the 22nd to the 24th of november including a live stream which will be available for two weeks after the show Bobak, look forward to seeing you in a few weeks yeah me too i'm looking forward to coming down thanks for having me See you soon. Not our best. Peace. Bye.